I'm Reggie. And I'm Brian. And this is R&B Talks. Episode 2. Mm, I like it. We gotta keep it chronological, right? Make sure they know where we're at. I am numbering them because it's going to be easier to remember. Sweet. So that wasn't just a foolish thing that popped out of my mouth. It actually goes in line with what we're doing, right? I did. I actually labeled. This will be EP2. Uh, well, yeah. how was your week since our last uh, taping of an episode, it Reggie? It's good, man. Oh. Wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It's, just, I mean, it's not. It's not bad. It's just like one of those things where you're you spend all week, and it's just these convention meeting things where it's one more important guy after another important guy with their PowerPoint talking about their corner of the company and their universe. And I work for a very large corporation that's global. So it gets, you know, there's only like 2% of the whole thing that's even remotely related to anything I do. Fair enough. That was the worst part about sales conventions when I would go is you really, I only needed to see about 5% of that convention but I would spend hours upon hours, day after day, wandering through things I had no business wandering through when really I was only there to do one specific thing in a sales convention, right? Like, but you have to, you have to literally endure all of it. And I can imagine it would be worse if you're doing it by Zoom. Right. Because there's, I found that there's a level of detachment with Zoom that happens, right? Because you're kind of in your own comfort zone. You're at home, you're in your chair. So it's even harder. It's even harder to focus for that super long period of time, right? Especially if it's not interesting to you. No, I mean, look, there's a lot of it that you, I want to know because I want to know the company direction in the fiscal year coming up. I want to know what their, what the sales plans are because that does affect my business and everything. I mean, there's a lot of things I want to know, but it gets wrapped up around all these things that everybody thinks is the most, the most important thing in the whole entire universe. And that's how everybody presents everything is this is the most important thing that you'll ever sell. And the most, you know, this is critical for the market ever, you know, and, uh, I, you know, it's fine. It, it's, it's, it's just how, it's just how corporate America works. It's like, it's, they, they very much are, they, they hide as many blemishes and as many problems as possible to they sugarcoat everything for board members and for the stock prices. And I mean, and I, I'm not saying we're in trouble, right? That's not by far. We, I, uh, my company is very well financially managed. They, they're very, very good at it, but it, it's just, I just don't like how some of it is just so fake. And it's just, this is, you know, it's not how I am. And, and, and I can't, I feel like I can't be me. In corporate America. Well, it's a culture thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, corporate America is rough because there, there's a lot of expectations attached to corporate America that are not, they're just not necessary, right? Will be the, I, that's the best way I could see it is just not necessary. Well, there's a lot of stuff because it's like there's business tied to things. There's partnerships and relationships tied to things. There's agreements being made and everything else. So it's like a, there's a lot of things tied to it. And there's a lot of money tied uh, tied to everything too. So, But it also, I mean, this this does lead into what we're talking about. It does, doesn't it? It's like being a man. Being a man. A man. A man. Are you a man, Reggie? I'm a man. I think we're men. 
I don't think anybody's ever doubted I was a man. I don't think anybody's ever doubted I was a man either. Yeah, I don't think that's right. been a question. But I I know a lot of a lot of confusion is out there with yes. the younger yes younger people um, for sure about manhood. And and you know the thing is when I was looking around this week to just to see what was out there on manhood because like in the Christian world we there's all kinds of different like conferences for men mm-hmm. uh and stuff like that you that there are they go on all the time seems like here and there fewer later but that could be just because i'm kind of disconnected going to school and everything but um but all the christian conferences are always like let me tell you how terrible of a person you are <laughs> you are nothing Rah! you must yeah. do better you suck Rah! that's usually what christian yeah. men conferences are <laughs> Like, you know, it's really not a, really not that way, but um, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I think some of them are good. I think, I definitely think that some of them have a, could definitely culture a better approach to how they talk to men about being men. But I think a lot of that too has to do with in our, in what I, I've very recently being in the last couple of days comes, come to deem the new Western church, which is mm. very, very watered down. Um, they definitely don't instill in men Christian masculinity, right? Like God made us to be men for a reason. You know, we're men because we were born men. We were supposed to go out and, you know, you know, do what men do, lead our families, you okay, know, lead well, our communities. Before you know. we say that. Okay. If we can define what a man is, I think we're well on our way to success rather than when Matt Walsh asked what a woman was, that never seems to get answered. But how would we define what a man is? Well, I'll take you a step deeper. What would be the definition of a Christian man as opposed to a man? I know the world has a definition of men, but Okay. What no. would what would Christian men be? Right, because that's okay. what you and I are. We're men of God. So, but, but I think there's it's it's not that different. But there is two different. There's two. There is a worldview perspective of what a man is, and then there actually yes. is what a what is the reality of a man is too. Yes. Right. Yes. So if we go by the reality of a man, it's there's a biological component. Okay. X Y chromosome. You have the physical uh, biology of a male. You mm-hmm. have the genitalia of a male. Okay. Um, and and that is mean you're, you're male. There's no discrepancy behind that. That is male, male, yes. male, male. So that's that's what it is. It's a biological component to it, yes. right? Man brings in other things, but what what our modern weirdo. I don't know, even, I don't even know what to call it anymore, but they, they want to tie everything, all this to preference and this and that. (laughs) But at the end of the day, there's, there's two, there's female and male. Yes. Now, and, and, uh, as far as what men go, you know, there are feminine men, meaning that they attribute like there's, they're more emotional or something, right? Feminine attributes. Yeah. Okay. And there are mass, more masculine females in that they have more uh, 
masculine tendencies and that, but male and female. Okay. So let's, the reality is that there is, there's men and there's women. Yes. Now, I'm sure I'm going to be labeled something or other for saying that, but that's again, whatever. Um, the, the, the key thing here is that there, this is from, I, I still, I, you, you, that gender dysphoria thing hasn't been taken out of the psychological research as a disorder. And that's what I see it as. Yeah. Um, and I think that the motion to go there, I think we got to step back though, when we're talking about men, because <laughs> yeah, I did some research. I have notes. Yeah. I think we both did a whole lot of research on this one. Yeah. I mean, so, so there's, there's, there was one, where was that one? Um, I read this article, okay, The Art of Manliness is the main site, and they did something called Why Are We Conflicted About Manhood in the Modern Age? Okay. And in that article, it was pretty cool how they, pre-civilization, there were, they, they referenced the Mallow's hierarchy of needs. And what that, what that really is is like you have at the top of the, the if you imagine a pyramid, okay, they have this little section at the top is like uh, spiritual, religious, um, philosophy kind of things. And then in the middle, you have two little bit wider sections that are um, procreation and provision. And at the bottom of the period, what's the most is protection. So pre-civilization man was that his primary, and that's what he dealt with the most was protection. Mm -hmm. So we're built to do that primarily as protectors, right? So your second objectives were procreation and provision. So you were hunting or you're whatever, and you're also, you know, creating families and you know, kids and everything to pass on stuff. And at the very little bit, you had, you know, religious, spiritual pursuits. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how the, they call that the three P's, right? Um, uh, protection, provision, um, procreation, right? Mm-hmm. And what what you what what you think about is like when resources are scarce mm-hmm. and there's danger imminent, you have men who there's not really a question of what they are. It's very much a protector, you know, the hunter, provider, the, the, that kind of thing. There's really not because resources are scarce. That's what that's what happens. Period. When when you see things like the modern area where it's plentiful and you almost live in a you resource utopia kind of thing. Well, the pyramid gets kind of flipped upside down mm-hmm. in that you have, there's really not, there's not much need for protection. There's not much need for provision or procreation because you're growing. The society's already growing. Civilization is flourishing. There's resources abundant. So you have more time spent, you know, the other way around. Um, and, and then gender roles, are more are more similar the differentiation is not near as much when that occurs and that's kind of how you see modern society where especially in the here in the western western world you know there's there's not a great need for provisions for procreation mm-hmm. or even even protection there's really not it's we live in relatively uh, you know um plentiful society with everything we need. So that's our gender roles get a little more schmush because 
at the end of the day, men are freed up to not be the protectors as much, not be the providers as much, not be the, um, not having to worry about growing this, you know, the, the civilization, spending more time on these spiritual intellectual pursuits and everything else like that. So you see academia over the last hundred years has grown so much because our, the, of the way things are. But I also read, um, and this is really cool. There's, um, the, the Strauss how generational theory is that different. Uh, says gender differentiation is cyclic. And, and I think this is important because it goes back to like World War II, World War One. you know, places that were like in these war torn countries, right? Mm-hmm. They, they saw this, um, <laughs> it, all of a sudden it was thrust into something and then m- men went out to fight. Mm-hmm. And then so what happens? The women get, have to do all this, but you, there was clear. There was no misunderstanding of what what was responsibility in those times. In the Ukraine, when Russia invaded, women and children left. Men stayed, period. They weren't allowed to leave. They had to stay and fight. There was no discussion. There was no doubt. That's what the man is going to do. So I think when when he's talking about uh, this this generational theory, I think it's absolutely correct because crisis brings upon going back to the roots of what, what our gender crisis brings a reset is what it, it does. Reset yeah. it all the way back. Yeah. And, um, and that's, you know, when, and I think what, what a good statement he said, uh, what was like when the, um, when the perimeter is secure, when the population is growing, when there's enough food, when resources are plenty, men would then seek the higher virtuous and spirituality stuff. Right. Yeah. When it's not though, it's completely opposite. And that's really the point, um, there. But, um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Brian. Well, I think that, I think you, you're bleeding, or not bleeding. I think you're lending into a problem that's existing in the U.S. right now that I think fosters and manifests one of the, the current issues is I, I think we've gotten a little bit too, uh, for lack of a better term, lazy and happy because the challenges aren't there. Right. I mean, think about the issues when I was growing up, I was, it was different for me. I was raised mostly by my grandparents, right? I was raised by the builder generation. Um, you work hard as a man, you provide for your family. You know, my grandmother worked because they wanted to pay off their home and she worked in a factory while my grandfather worked on, you know, he was a diesel mechanic and and owned his own garage and did all these things to try to build up the family. And it was work, save, right? Work, save, you know, grind it out. And then, you know, me being Gen X, I I feel like the transformation kind of started in Gen X because it's not that men became, became less masculine, but I think in Gen X, we began to question it. Right. Well, is this what type of role do we have? Right. Well, then you go into Gen Z and I think that's where the skew, the real skew in that matrix of masculinity happened because you began to see that crossover going on. Right. Um, but more than that, you know, and what you're saying is very true. I feel like one of the reasons why we're losing touch with masculinity is because we're not challenged, right? Men need to be challenged. There are times when we need to figure out 
what we're made of, right? You and I have both had personal times when we've been challenged in that way. Yep. We've had professional times when we've been challenged in that way. Physical. Physical times when we've been challenged in that way. Um, and that's not to discredit men who have a feminine, you know, attributes and women who have masculine attributes. But what I'm saying is specifically for traditional roles, male and female, I feel like we're in this soft spot where we've just been on the cushion for so long that, and you know, as well as I do, the worst thing you can do is, is allow yourself to soften to a point where you're influenced by your surroundings because you really just kind of lost touch with what's going on in the world. Right. And I think that has a lot to do and bleed in with a lot of this, you know, ambiguous, you know, again, you know, one of the things I, I loved about my grandfather was he was a very stoic man. He was like, he was always listening, right? He was always soaking in what was going on around him. The man never finished high school and he, but he was one of the most intelligent people I ever knew because he learned very early in life. You need to listen. You need to, you need to hear and absorb. Okay. You know, that, that going back to the, because we, we kind of went off a little bit. Yeah. The, the fine, the, Hey, look, we're just talking. We're just talking. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking. Yeah. We're having a conversation. So, so I would say, but your grandfather was capable of protection, capable yeah. of providing, capable of procreating. Yeah. Right. And I think that's part of the definition of uh, what it is to be a man. And, uh, you're, so you have genitalia, you're biological that way. You're, you're able to protect, provide, um, those type of things. And I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say procreate is like the absolute nest. None of that's really absolute necessary. I'll get to that in a second, but just think of it. This, I would just say that I, I, I so resonated with, um, and it, this came from two different places. Um, you know, there, there, there's an undertone of violence. Like mm -hmm. the, you are a, you're, there is a dangerous, there's a danger, I should say, with, you as a man that there's a there's an underlying capability to unleash harm yeah okay and i think you me and you both talked about that from jordan like jordan peterson is the one who sure. like said it the best and i don't have his quote but it was well, there's no virtue in being a weak man there's no virtue I'm, in being a violent man who's in control yeah uh, actually i was in the be dangerous but disciplined on the Jocko Willink podcast, yeah. when Jordan was on there, that's where he talked about this in much more detail. Um, and it, but he also, but he uh, one quote I did read that, or I, I, when I heard it, I'm like, oh, I got to write that down. But Jordan said, "There's nothing more dangerous than a weak man." Yeah. So a weak man is like they they lack courage. They they have no ambition. They don't see things they're they're going to cower and submit to the, any everything it's that that is such a correct statement but at the end of the day though you can't it, like i think a man is like i i because I, I mean i have i'll be honest i have a, like a lot of violent tendencies like i don't i don't know if i I don't know if, if I believed in such nonsense, I would think that I came, I was like in a reincarnated Viking or some shit, but it's like, I do, man. It's like, I just, I have to work incredibly hard to keep my temper and to keep me from unleashing some kind of physical 
thing. I mean, I do, man. It's like, it's like a constant thing with me, dude. And it, I don't, and it's, it comes back to my family. Like my, all my dad had a freaking temper and was very much capable of violence. My grandfather fought in World War II and was like over in Germany and everywhere else. Like, you know, he, he did all kinds of wild stuff. I know, I know he was capable of violence, right? I mean, so that's kind of where I come from. And, uh, and then I have little girls, right? So, so, so now <laughs> daughters, man. So, so now I'm like, when, like I was much more hot and then I had daughters and they chilled me out a lot because I had to, like, I had to soften that up in order for them to even not just bear down crying because daddy was mad or something right yeah anyway so to to be a danger is 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 one thing you can't there's no good quality about being dangerous if you're not capable of danger yeah and if you're not capable of controlling it because then you become then Then, you're just an animal then you're just a monster yeah then it doesn't matter and 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 you know let me be clear when i say this too when i say capable when when i say capable of locking up the monster and controlling the monster i don't believe that men are lurking around looking to you know slay things and but i think there's an inert instinct in us that comes when we have families and and i'm a little less like that i don't when i was younger i had a temper hot temper but as i've gotten older and as i've studied what my role is as a husband and a father and as a man of faith, my guidelines are very clear. You know, protect my family at all costs. Well, protect well, my, protect, you know, my reputation, protect. And, and, and as a man who, you know, you never, I don't think, I don't think the, I don't think that that part of you that gets upset, that triggers you, that causes you to have anger ever goes away. I just think we master. You know, we have that little cage and we keep him in there and we take care of him, you know, and we make sure that he's still strong enough that when we need to open the door and protect our families and stand up for what we believe and do those things that we're willing to do so. Um, And this leads into topic of discussion, toxic masculinity. (laughs) Well, so, before we do that, okay, let me just say this on this on this one last touching on what we're just talking okay. about. Okay, I, I want to be clear, right? That that there are, and we're, we're we live in a complex civilization in a society where there's many different ways to go about things. Yes, and and I, I, I so so when I when I define a man as being dangerous or being able to do that, okay. But I recognize, though, okay, that there are situations where the the man would not necessarily be the sole breadwinner of the family. Yes, where the man necessarily might not be the, um, he may not be able to protect. Maybe he's had an accident, maybe whatever. So I think in today's time where we see that, but I think the responsibility of those things still comes back to the man who should be the leader and the head of the household, not an overbearing, not a tyrannical thing, 
if that works for him and and his wife, fine. But I'm just saying that's you know, I just want to make that clear before we kind well, of yeah. I mean, scrap I know, that off. You I know? know, I have a friend actually. We've been friends for a long time. We don't talk a whole lot anymore, but sometimes we reach out and go back and forth, usually over Facebook. Um, he's a stay-at-home dad. His wife has an incredible job, making an you know an incredible living, and he's made it his role to stay home and take care of his son and his daughter. And I admire the guy. He does an amazing job, right? He does fantastic at doing it. Would I say at all that he's not masculine? Absolutely not. I mean, the guy's built like a brick house. He takes care of himself physically. He's, you know, raising kids in their, in their to be strong Christian kids. You know, there are, there's always going to be a different set of circumstances right especially nowadays and 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 i can't say that if you know my wife came home and said hey man i've got this incredible opportunity to make this incredible living but i would need you to stay at home and take care of our kids that i wouldn't adopt that role just because you know part of being a man is you know deciding where the biggest benefit for your family is right and sometimes that's going to be accepting a different role that's going to help your family down the road and help you build your life. Right. Well, okay. But see, that's part of the definition of a man that yeah. I was going to get to. Right. Yeah. Is, is there's a sacrificial nature yeah. to what makes a man. Yeah. For sure. Like he, the, the man is again, for, and this, this is the, the more of a Christian perspective. Yeah, of course. But we will stand before God. And that's the one thing. Not the one thing, but that that is a big thing that, that we'll be responsible for is the the our family. Yeah. The one that God gave us stewardship over while we were on this earth, that's what he's gonna say, this is what you're held accountable for. Okay. So I think at the end of the day, as long as you take that responsibility and you know that you're the one who's gotta stand up and say how you know, how you did, whether that gets however that gets done is fine, as long as it's in the bounds of like, you know, the morality of <laughs> Of reality, yeah. you know, so so yeah. I mean, but that also too, like you, you, I think the physical thing, right? You know, for me even, I'm not near the the physical specimen I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was a I was doing bodybuilding and all kinds of things, spending hours in the gym, uh, doing some other stuff that I don't really want to go into. But I mean, at the same token, but I was really concerned about my fitness, you know, at the time I was 230 pounds and 10% body fat. That's really what I was when, when I was peak fitness, right? Um, that's a pretty big guy. And I was, you know, squatting 675 pounds. That's what I worked out with. I was doing like benching. I don't even remember now, 300 and something, you know, working out with that kind of, it's, I mean, you know, that's, and at the same time, I was also studying ways, other ways to defend myself and others. Right. And so, I was doing some fighting and doing that and, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, when it came to a career and everything, I mean, I just didn't have time. I didn't have time to that. And that, I mean, that's a cyclic thing of a man anyway, too. Cause like, as you, you, when you're younger, you're focused on that warrior side of yourself and you're like, the, I, I forgot what book that was from too. Cause there's a warrior moment. There's a warrior cycle. Then there's a scholar cycle. I forget. I, I don't remember what all this stuff, but it, but you know, we're, we're cyclic in nature, I guess, as far as our manhood goes. But even now though, I'm, I'm, I, I've stopped. I've, this has been a bit, but 
I'm not eating everything inside. You know, I was for a while because stress eating with whatever was going on with <laughs> my wife and everything. But, you know, I'm trying to turn that back around a little bit because, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. And, yeah, I can take care of myself, I think, but not to the level I want to, yeah. right? So it's even now, it's like, you know, there's a reason why I got a rowing machine. There's a reason why we have a YMCA membership. There's a reason why, you know, I'm 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 not eating carbs and sugar stuff, you know, yeah. and it's because this, that's part of it. I still need to, rem you know, I'm, it's not old yet. I'm not done. So yeah. my daughters are young and I'll be damned if I'm not going to be physically fit enough to handle some young scrapper who's going to mess with my girls, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh but anyway, I just want to get back to that and make sure that it's not, it's not like, I'm not like, I think either one of us would say, you know, you have to be this like Navy SEAL no, <laughs> person and like never, you know, never touch a dish <laughs> or, you know, change a diaper. No. Um, I played Mr. Mom. I don't know how much because of just because my wife was unable to do so for a long time. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just, just taking that responsibility of, that your family and that's that is your responsibility yeah for sure i mean it's i believe that you know me i work out a lot but that's the way i relieve stress people go what's your hobby brian my hobby is working out like my hobby is if you if you find me alone my my will be reading an american medical journal i will be you know reading you know, following some guys on YouTube that are a fitness influencers, just because, you know, I'm always looking for something different, but, you know, I mean, the role of us is, is going to change immensely over the years. I mean, I look at the, the people that I grew up with and their roles when they were younger to, to now I've seen so much change, but it's all good change, right? We're going to change. Change is inevitable. It's the one thing we can't stop. You know, we're going to we're going to grow into different people. We're going to develop our worldview is going to change. That's the second throwback to episode one, by the way. That's the second time you said worldview and I've said worldview. So we're equal. <laughs> Buster but, is also enjoying our manliness conversation. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very much a. He is. He's a manly dog. He's, a, he's very. <laughs> but anyway. All right. So toxic. Okay, so toxic masculinity. All right, so I'm going to bust a myth right now. There is no such thing as toxic masculine or toxic feminine. There are toxic people, period. Um, now, now, I know, right? So let me start off, right? Okay, so Mind blown. So I now, now don't get me wrong. Are there toxic traits in men that I disagree with? Um, I went to a website called The Aurorand which is a feminist website. And I looked up what they considered the traits of toxically masculine men. Some I agreed with, for example, sexual violence, uh, uh, physical abuse of women. Those are for sure. But I don't think those are exclusively to men. I no, think anyone can be sexually violent yes. or, or aggressive. Right. Yes. Um, I, I agree with um, promiscuity, adultery, all those I feel like are toxic things that we involve ourselves in. But there were three in particular that that I just I, I couldn't shake myself past one. And this was number one was stoicism. Well, I'm not really sure what they mean by stoicism. And the, and the reason I say that is to be stoic is to be focused and listening and and 
engaged and not talking over people, right? Uh, to me, that's what stoic is. Let's, let's see. Stoic. Go ahead. Keep going. And then the second one that shocked me was not having outbursts of emotion regularly. There are just people that just naturally aren't emotional people, right? Like there's some people that, you know, I, I, my grandfather, I've seen him cry twice in my entire life. Um, and I've known him since the day of birth. The first time I saw him cry was when my grandmother died. That was at age 77. When his father died, he didn't cry. But when my grandmother passed away, he cried. And I respected him for it. And then when his oldest son died, um, he's, he cried then. But other than that, my grandfather was never, ever one for emotion. And it wasn't a, you know, and, and it wasn't something that we expected, right? We understood who he was, right? And we understood that he cared about us and loved us. He fed us. He took care of us. He put a roof over our head. He, he was there for us when our times of need, right? And then here's the third one that I just don't understand. And maybe you can break this down for me. A refusal to do chores mm. or take part in caregiving. I'm, mm. And there was no clarity in what that meant, right? Like, what does that mean? What, I'm, I'm assuming, and I might be wrong, I'm assuming they're talking about, um, you know, not doing dishes, yeah, but they, stuff like that. But, and as far as the caregiving, not taking care of the children. Okay, look. When a refusal to do so, yeah, maybe. Ah, see, this is why that's such a stupid statement. I mean, I'll be flat honest. Oh, I totally agree. Like, it's so, yeah, ignorant, yeah, I, I mean, what it. they're trying to do is nail down that guy who like sits in the couch with you know, with his beer and doesn't, it won't move and won't do anything to help the the wife do anything, yeah. I mean, but everybody would say that's stupid. Yeah. Now, let me let me say this about because they probably would say I'm that guy. Probably would. My wife. I, it's hard for me to ha not have my wife do things for me. She loves to do things for me. Period. Whether it's cook dinner. Whether it's the dishes, the laundry, I mean, she—that's what she likes to do. And it took me a long time to figure out. I just need to let her do it because that's what she wants to do. She she love that. She gets joy. Out well, that's of that. her love language. Yeah. Right. So so I'm not refusing to help. No. Oh. But but I don't I don't interfere with. I just don't. I'll I will fully admit I'm that guy when I go to work. I'm at 110% the whole time I'm there. And yeah. there are nights that I have come home tired and fallen short there. Have I ever refused to do something? No. I'm no, like that's what a I, little. That, and, that's what I mean about ref you know, when they say ref the refusal. That's I mean, look, there's times when I probably would. But, but my wife knows that. I mean, like if you're in a healthy marriage, your your wife's going to probably know you pretty well, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's like if I was outside and I do a lot of tree work, right? Mm -hmm. I'm cutting down trees, cutting them up, doing a whatever. And I've spent, you know, four hours outside with a chainsaw, cutting up trees and stuff or with an axe or whatever. Come in, just I'm covered in sawdust and sweat done through everything. You know, I look like 
I, I just look like hell because I just <laughs> I've got everything right. My wife wouldn't say, "Hey, now that you're inside, why don't you wash the kids and go do that?" She's she's not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, okay, if your wife does do that though, I think you have a serious problem in your marriage. So I would. Well, instead of worrying about the feminism, toxic masculinity BS behind that, I think you have some marital, marital stuff you really need to work out. Well, and that's not to say that if I came in, like just for an example, we rebuilt the front deck. That was a hard job, right? A friend of mine came by. He didn't have anything to do that day. I said, all right, let's do it. We did it, and I went inside after it was over. It's like 90 degrees that day. It's nice and roasty. Um, if I would have gone inside and seen that my wife needed help, she probably wouldn't have had to ask me if I saw her involved in something where she wasn't, I felt like she was going to struggle doing it alone, man, I would have got up and helped her. But again, I think she understood that day, the amount of effort I put in and she really kind of let me kind of come inside and cool off and relax and recover from it. And, you know, I, I think that there's this. You know, okay. Again, I think what I think what this what this boils down to is there is a very small micro percentage of men, and I'm saying less than half a percent that I'll say it are just lazy. And I don't know if it's that they were not there was no expectations of them coming up probably more than that by the way well i'm gonna because i don't know that many right most of the guys i'm surrounding myself with are good men who pitch in and give everything they've got and do the things they're supposed to do but i'm sure that there is a small micro percentage of men who are just lazy and yeah that's that's a problem within them right because you're not living up to the standards you should be living and it's a problem that the wife is accepting of that until it becomes toxic within the two of them, right? Because if you're married to someone, you should you should have a good enough relationship where you can look at each other and go, man, I'm really struggling with something you're doing right now. And, you know, here's an example. We have glass sliding doors in the shower in our bathroom. And my wife wants me to squeegee. The shower doors. I forget every time. It's not it's not a, a belligerence thing. It's a I get out of the shower and I get ready for bed and I'm going to bed. I just forget to do it. I'm almost tempted to like post a note in the shower <laughs> because it would help me, right? But but I I do believe that there is a small percentage of men who are just not living up to the standard of what a good man is. Right. But I, here's what the problem is. And I, and I blame other men for this because we've all had friends that have been that man. And we're not leading them by saying, hey, man, you're my brother and you're not pulling your weight. You need to get your head directly out of your rear. And be better to your wife and to your family and be better for yourself, right? So that you can take pride in yourself. And so I think it's culturally a thing because I think a lot of guys, especially nowadays, because I've met so many guys that they feel the way that you and I feel, but they're just afraid to say it. They're just afraid to say, yeah, this 
environment really stinks and I don't want to be involved in it and I don't like the way it's going. But because they're afraid of being vilified, which I'm not, you can vilify me if you want. It's not going to change who I am, what I do, or how hard I work. It's not going to change the fact that I take care of my family and do what I'm supposed to do. But I, I believe that part of the fail in masculinity in general is that brother to brother, we're not calling these men out. Well, I think, I mean, I, I would say so, but also, you know, <laughs> Buster is a very he's excited, needy it's okay. animal. It's okay. The the thing is, for me, man, it's like, you can't have, you can't sit there and go equal, 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 male, female, equal, equal, and then say, well, but you need to help with all this stuff or do this. So you're saying you're not capable of doing that on your own? You you need you you need a man to help you with chores and stuff. Is this what is that what you're saying? That's kind of what. That just sounds stupid. If you're saying you're equal, then you're equal. Then why do you need any man's help to do anything? So I mean, that's what I'm. That's what I would say to all that stuff. Well, yeah. Now, there's I I don't agree with anything equality thing because I think that that's not where where has life ever been equal? It's kind of silly, but um. I would say that, you know, every it's up to the couple to figure out the balance yeah. between those two. Yeah. And I think it's part of uh, when I, we've talked to several people, right, that were going to get married or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was like, did you have a conversation about like, you know, what, what roles you're going to be, you know, who's going to fill this? Expect, yeah, all this stuff. Did you have any? Oh, no, we haven't. And you're getting married like in a week? Yeah, we'll just figure it out. I'm like, brother, you got to figure this out now. You got to lay out some ground rules before you get in a lasting relationship. Make sure that there's like, because I said everybody has those non-negotiables. And you got to make sure that, I mean, some of these non-negotiables can be silly. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, you won't ever... I don't know. Well, squeegee the shower. Like, if you don't ever squeegee the shower, that's a non-negotiable. I'll, you know, that's grounds for divorce kind of shit. Yeah. You got to make sure that's not there. I mean, maybe it's okay for you, but I'm just saying, I mean, there's there's stuff that's non-negotiable. And so when when after my first divorce, right, I said I was not going to have any situation where the, because I did want to get married because I, I still wanted a family and I had, you know, I hadn't had kids yet. And I was like, I want to make sure the next Mrs. Payne, it's very clear on what, and so I was very direct and, you know, I met a lot of different women and I mean, yeah, it was, it ended really short because I had non-negotiables. If you can't do any of this, then it's not, this ain't going to work. We're not going to go any farther, period. <laughs> period. Well, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. When Julie and I got married, we had been together, golly, six, seven years before we got married. But I don't remember us ever having a conversation about expectations. And I think that's probably part of why we struggled a little bit in the beginning, because I don't think either one of us actually knew what to expect from the other. Yeah. You know, it was kind of this feeling around the dark, right? Like it was not, it was not, and we we struggled with some things. Like I openly admit, we struggled with a lot of things in the beginning because I just don't think – you know, if I if I look back now, people go, Brian, would you change anything? Yeah, we would have that conversation where maybe it would have been easier on us in the beginning for what we were going through. 
you know, but I mean, you know, I, I believe that again, we live in a society of emotion, not reality. So a lot of people run off and get married on emotion. Well, I love him. So I'm going to marry him. I love her. So I'm going to marry her. Well, I'll be the first one to tell you that love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. I wake up every morning and I choose to love my wife and I do love my wife. And I, and I, I, there's not another human being on the planet. I'd want to be anywhere near, but it's, it's just a very, we have, we live in this feeling society. Right. And you know, well, and I think that goes to the, the stoicism. Yeah. Right. And, and so I had to, I want to look it up just to see what, okay. the, what the crap, you know, nowadays the Marion Webster, but buddy, um, one apparently or profession, professedly indifferent to pleasure or pain. Mm-hmm. So I am accused of being stoic a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, stoicism has been a attribute that is, been tied to me for a long time because i'm kind of like what you just said about your granddad because it's the way my dad was and the way my grandfather was too aside from a temper but at the same time dude i can be a real passionate guy like you know there's there's a lot of times where it's like i'll 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 unleash some freaking passion going on but in general though i try to be even keel i I don't i don't i don't want to be like this i don't want to be and I'll, I'll actually get to this in a minute, but, but there's a protection. I want to protect my calm. Yeah. Protect my peace. Protect your peace, my friend. That's it. I protect my peace too. But anyway, so, so yeah, I, I would agree. There's not a, a toxic masculinity in general. It's such a, it just, it's just nonsense. Uh, yeah. There is some toxicity in society, but we're going to say toxicity is way different than what people who use that are yeah. say, because toxic to me is when you, you make men feel lesser because of them being a man. Uh, toxicity to me is your attacking of a, traditional wife a housewife or whatever you want to call them and you attack that with venom because you you assume and you make all these judges that that's a toxic relationship there's why are you accepting of this and this that's toxic to me it's toxic to me to not uh to like push career over family to women that's that's toxic to me you know so for me Toxicity is different than what they're going to say. Toxic masculinity to me is the coward who sits behind his video games or whatever, uh, lives in his mom's basement until he's like 40 and doesn't really care and doesn't do anything, doesn't contribute to society, whatever. That's toxic. Who's sitting on the social media as a keyboard warrior, and that's all he does. That's toxic. So for me, that's what toxic masculinity is. Not anything like they're going to define it. Again, for me, it's not, it's not even, it's not even a concept. And the reason that I do not accept the phrase toxic masculinity is there are just toxic people, right? I don't believe that's what I mean, there's really. no toxic femininity. There's no toxic masculinity. There's just toxic people. And, and uh, again, I think in our current society, our current culture warriors are looking for buzzwords. 
the there's a lot of times you put two words together and they sound really good, but they don't really carry meaning, right? Um, it's 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 like you know the you know I've known many a toxic mother, I've known many a toxic father, I've known many a toxic brother and sister, but I've never looked at one of them and gone. You're just toxically masculine. No, you're just a toxic person. But you're just you're just vile. You, know, you just have you have issues, and you need to address those issues, right? You're, you're just, you're so for up. me, you know, I reject that whole premise of toxic masculinity or femininity, for that matter. There's just toxic people, and and the problem is, we look to complicate things where they don't need to be complicated, right? T- toxicity is complication enough, right? That's enough complication. Now you want to, you, now you want to put a gender identity on it, as if it's as if just running into a toxic person isn't enough of a problem. Now we want to tack on femininity, masculinity. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's 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 this it's this need for a buzzword to make impact for something that we really ought to just call what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 again, we have current, you know, current, you know, I like to call them, you know, bandwagon jumpers who are looking for a term to back up the decision that they make. Well, great. That term has no meaning, you know. So for me, you know, I, you know, it's it's just a matter of determining the person as in general not their masculinity or their femininity that doesn't matter you're just toxic or you're not toxic one or the other right yeah and and there are some people you know and and to 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 make it even more finite unfortunately there are some people that have a toxic trait right you may not have there's many a person i've met that in the general sense they're a good person but they have a toxic trait that interferes at times sure some people are toxic across the board right but you know they're just toxic man a game that we should play when somebody's watching this is whenever you use the word toxic they drink no no i'm sorry do they be alcoholic before the name Dude. Is- <laughs> no no let's not you let's not start a lot let's not start some new tiktok trend <laughs> you said come on man i'm just kidding man yeah. um, so me i mean there's a couple other things i think um so we talked about really, you know, being a man is, is not just, it's not just biology, but it's also a responsibility. It's all, yeah. there's also attributes that are befitting to men. And I, and I think uh, as far as like defining what a man is, it's just, you know, look, it's a biological male who, who has, who will take responsibility for protection, provision, procreation. You know, that's, 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 he, he he's responsible for that. Now that can take on various different ways or whatever, but that, that's his, his responsibility. Um, Dwayne, okay. On this dry, I don't know if you've ever heard of this dry Creek Wrangler school, um, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's such a, he is calm. The dude's very calm, but he, uh, he talks, he has a lot of things that he says. And I, I really like how he presents information, what he says. And he actually did one about, a man, right? And and he had five pieces 
of advice that he said he would he gives to he would give to a man right be a good man was his first one and it's like and he even I'll, I'll quote him the absence of evil is not an automatic indication of the good and what he meant by that is be a good man is not just you you aren't you aren't a murderer you aren't this you aren't that but you're actually doing positive things for the community, for your family, you, you know, there's, there's positive things you're doing. That's what he meant by be a good man. You're not just somebody who, who isn't the bad stuff. You're somebody who's doing the good stuff too. Yeah. Right. He said, be a dangerous man. And he, he actually quoted Jordan Peterson as well. So, I mean, <laughs> we already talked about that, but you know, it's not about really what you look like or, or how you, you know, if you're puffed up or whatever, it just means that look, if, if you have to, you're, you're not just, okay with it but you're going to act on something if you need to protect your family so we, we kind of covered that one a lot be educated and he said um part of that's just like you know you're not just in you're not just taking the role of being a man as just a you know lolly gagging you know cool i'm biologically this but you actually if you're you're you take the initiative to follow manliness like people who represent that and and uh, his example and mine would be Jocko Willink for one for one. He's that dude does a great job of presenting stuff and is definitely uh, a man that I mean, there's no question that guy is what he's been through, what he does, what he talks about. It's pretty cool, and I, I really like how Jocko Willink is. But is this one? This is the one. I'm be calm. And, and, and that brings that stoic crap. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because you, and you have to guard it. And, and, and not that he said this, but from my viewpoint, you're, you can't handle things correctly or interpret things correctly or even see reality correctly when you're on the, the, uh, extreme ends of either being amped up or like way down. I mean, it, it doesn't work. You're, you're kind of sidetracked from this, like amped up or being way down. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I know my, I know people who are bipolar and man, if they're swing or other, man, forget it. It ain't going to happen. They're not going to even remember what you talked about, but yeah, your perception of the world, the way you react to things, the, the, your observational skills, everything is, is centered around calm. And, and, and so then this is kind of what I even teach my girls, like, you know, yeah, yeah, there's some really great things happen and, and you're really happy and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you, you know, you got to interpret those for what they are, the temporary things or whatever. It's best to just be calm and let <laughs> be appreciative, yeah. be grateful, celebrate, but celebrate and not over so like don't don't yeah. exceed what is there right yeah and i know for like when we're having this conversation it's not like i'm always like this we're sitting here and talking no i mean sometimes i'm like really happy and i'm laughing and getting it up obviously we have to but yeah. you know but in general i it's very important to me <laughs> that i i keep calm and I, and even when I get stressed out, there's things I do to help enhance my calm. Well, pipe smoking, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and have a nice, um, scotch or a beer or something and just chill out, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. I'll read, do something, but yeah, protecting your calm. And the last one he said was be wise. 
Um, and wisdom is, man, that's a long, that's a lifelong pursuit. He said the same thing. Actually, Dwayne said it's a lifelong, and I wouldn't, there's no way I would disagree with that, but he gave a great example though. He was like, you know, it's knowledge to know that a tomato is a fruit and not a vegetable. Mm -hmm. It's wisdom when you don't put it in a fruit salad. Yep. That's actually perfect. Isn't it? That's so I was perfect. like, dude, uh, so he hit perfect. the nail on the head. I and mean, I was like, crap, that's good, dude. <laughs> so I copied it. So I'm uh, Dwayne, you demand. Well, here, the, the, I want to touch on those last three because those last three have been huge for me in the last five years. Um, one is education, education, educate yourself. Um, I have no problem in telling people that. You know, well, you said you're. I got my GED. Yeah. I got all that. But one of the things that I have started to do is, how can I possibly pour wisdom into my family if I don't educate myself to gain that wisdom first and foremost? Um, so I think a lot of guys are stuck in this. Well, I am who I am, and that's how I'm built. No, that's not actually how we're built. God built us with brains and hearts and desire to be better than we are. We tampen that desire with our will to want to stay where we are, which we all know our will has failed, right? So I encourage all men and get out of your comfort zone too. listen to other people, talk to people who aren't in the same wheelhouse as you are. You know, I love conversation with people who disagree with me because it educates me better as to where I need to be or maybe a better way I can approach a disagreement, right? You never know where someone's mind's at. You know, get get into books you wouldn't normally read, right? Um, I read a book, Green Lights, by Matthew McConaughey. I, I, I wanted to read it because I was like, well, you know, maybe. It's actually a very, there's a lot of wisdom in that book. And you get he's an interesting character. Anyway. He is a very interesting cat, and it, it it educated me on a perspective that I'd never seen before. And that's what I'm searching for at this point in life. Uh, protect your calm. There's a specific about that. We need to be able to be self aware and self, and we need to be able to self assess. And over the last couple of years, I struggled with that a little bit. I'd get out of sorts. I'd have a long week. I'd be tired. I'd overworked myself, and you get easily frustrated when you're exhausted. Yep. And I had to really go back and start to check that, right? And get control of that. So that's been something that I've done. And I would really encourage men, you know, be able to self-assess, right? Be able to look objectively at your behavior and at your path and say, eh, this probably isn't, you know, if, if you doubt it in your mind and you're looking at it objectively, you're probably right for doubting it, right? One, let me, let me add to that. One, one critical thing about calm yeah. is understanding that what is really a big deal? Yeah. Like what really is important? Yeah. If you kind of interpret reality and you're like, you know, whether that's someone cuts you off or whatever, is that really, I mean, are you really going to let that interfere with your being? Like, yeah, for sure. And and I, I I told my steps on this. I said that action, whatever it may be, doesn't have any power unless you give it to it. 
Yeah. So if you let it, whatever it may be, your job, situation, uh, an accident, whatever, it has no power over you if you don't allow it to. Yeah. And that's really, that's part of protecting your calm. I mean, you know, and that's, I think that's what you're exactly what you're talking about. If you're really, really exhausted from a week. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So what? Yeah. (laughs) You'll be all right. (laughs) It'll be okay. You'll be fine. Right. Dust off, bro. You'll be good. Um, and the last one is be wise. Now here's, I think where most men miss, miss the mark. And I want to give a shout out to some, you know, Andrew and uh, a lot of other people that I've surrounded myself. You, I, I've learned to surround myself with wise counsel, right? We tend to we tend to want to surround ourselves with people that agree with us. I've learned that that's not necessarily always the right decision, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I want to surround myself with wise counsel, wise people, people who have lived in in a lot of situations that I haven't lived in, have been through some of the situations I have been through and have a different perspective on it because I find that that allows me to approach not only having wisdom to give, but determining what is wise within myself to give to someone else, right? Because we all have things that we've thought in our, our lives were wise and we figure out later that those really weren't wise. That was just us. So one of the things I encourage any man to do is take a minute, right? And, and look at the counsel that you have around you. Mm. Is that counsel helping you or are they keeping you where you are? Right? So, you know, um, there's so many good people that you can surround yourself with that want to lift you up and they want to help you and they want to pour into you and they want to talk with you and give you, you know, um, you know, one of the things I love about the minister at my church is dude, just a great conversation. If you, if you met Bobby, you would never know. We'll meet him tomorrow. Yeah. You'll meet him tomorrow, but you would never know. Bobby's not time is that by the way? 10 a.m. But you would never know. That's all right. You would never know that Bobby is a minister because he's so relatable. You know, great, great minister, excellent preacher. Love his sermons. The sermon series is right on point. But he's such a wise individual by because he tries to get to know you as an individual. And I, I, you have to be able to to one. Look at your current council, right? Are you surrounded by wise people? Are you surrounded by people that if you're in trouble, they're going to pour into you wisdom to help you out? Or are you surrounded by comfortable people? Yeah. I am, I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm no longer interested in being surrounded by comfortable people, right? I want to be surrounded by wise counsel, wise individuals, they can be 80, they can be 18. If wisdom comes in all shapes, forms, and ages, right? So that, I, I think those are right, those are, those are right on the money. Like, th- like those are absolutely fantastic traits for manhood, manliness. I thought so. so I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Dwayne is, I hope it's Dwayne. It's a wrote down Dwayne, but it's not like I watch him and I'm like, oh yeah, this is my good buddy. 
<laughs> but I'll put the link to the, pod, the channel in the. Thing. I think that's probably yeah, the right thing yeah, to just do. To make sure, but but his name's going to be like Frank. But no, he said, he just it's just the way he presents stuff, dude. I'm telling you, you got to check it out too. I will. Send me the guy. Link, the man, guy is like, uh, he he, he kind of remind he, well. There's characteristics that remind me of this guy who was a uh, did a pipe podcast for a while named Matches, uh, and he he actually died suddenly like not that long ago and i actually bought a pipe that's like a commemoration of like that dude he was that that big of in this the online pipe community. but anyway frank but just always calm right it's just this calm thing and you just you just want to listen to him yeah. you know so i think we touched on a lot about <laughs> what man and there there's you know we could write there's books and books and books written about manhood and there's a lot of resources out there if people take the time you can find a lot of stuff about, you know, being a man and what that means. For us, though, I thought it would be a, a good thing to kind of see some of the biblical references that I, and these are only a little bit, because we got to keep in mind for a Christian, the Bible is rife with man, manhood, mm -hmm. and stuff Absolutely. like that. I mean, there's a reason why he creates man first. There's a reason why the personification of the messiah was a man there's a reason why the biblical characters are men yet there are so many and this is what's kind of at controversial at the time of most of the bible writings there's so many women that played a huge role in the path of you know the biblical story so so we got to keep that in mind too and and part of what's it, it, i think part of what the secular feminism stuff doesn't understand is that there's there the biblical idea of a man includes the adoration and the protection and the like loving of a wife like Christ loves the church and they can't under they cannot understand it unless you know what that well that I mean, is huge, it's very man. simple Christ bled for the church yes not but, just bled. But before you do that, let's read about what Paul, Paul gives six virtues that men of God should pursue. Let's go. Righteousness, godliness, because we, after all, are made in his image, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Six. Now, I challenge anyone, anywhere, at any time, to read those six virtues and tell me how any one single one of those virtues could be considered toxic. Yeah. Well, and, and it's even more important when you realize when he wrote that and where he was. <laughs> that That's all. See, we could take that. So far, because those words, the in the way the culture was, the way his year, I mean, it had so much to do with what he's saying, and it's really important. It's critical. So, and I, I don't want to, we don't have time to really get into all that, but I think it's more important to kind of just give some brief snippets of like what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll go with, um, you know, the one that I I like a lot is in First Corinthians thirteen, where it says in verse eleven, when I was a child. I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. So, I mean, eventually 
that this points to a man has to grow up, has to man up. Absolutely. Cannot just be a boy. He has to be a man. Now, I think some of the older, more traditional Christian views would like be against gaming and uh, certain things. And that's not, I am nowhere near that because I do it myself because I find it enjoyable and I, I, can't, I don't, I have, I have not been compelled by any kind of thought that, Ooh, I'm doing something right now. Childish. No, because I'm hanging out. I mean, there's so many young people I meet that, you know, I may not say I'm uh you know, this Bible, you know, Bible beating cross back Christian dude, Jesus freak, but I am. And when I'm playing with these guys on, the, you think I'm not making some kind of impact just by being there. Yeah. No, that's not true. And look, it's, it's so there's that. Um, one, one more. And I think this is because you, you did say from the first Timothy, right? So the, the other one is, um, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble. The Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. So it's like he's saying, do not be afraid yeah. or tremble. Get faith. He will not fail you. As a man, look, you got to you got to understand there is fear. And there is times when you're going to feel like you should be afraid or you would have enough faith to where you let him guide you through things. Well, I'll go one for you. This is from Liberty. Yes. Um, it says, what is the masculinity according to the Bible? According to the Bible and by the example of Christ, masculinity is humble leadership. It is sacrificial love with meekness. Our society needs revitalized masculinity. We need masculinity that will treat women with honor. There you go. Prize honesty and fight for the sake of the vulnerable. Um, now let me let's let's key on that word for just a second. Vulnerable. I believe that the word vulnerable has a specific meaning in that phrase, and that means that people who are unable to fight for themselves, children things like that. I do not think that the social justice warrior is actually vulnerable. I believe they they feel like they're vulnerable and that's why they fight for what they want. Victim. Victim. It's it's that victim thing, right? But the vulnerable is the is the starving, the disease, the sick, children. That is where there is honor and virtue to fight, right? to to take care of those people but liberty I, I mean dude they said it almost down the middle right like i couldn't have yeah here's one psalm 112 right mm -hmm. praise the lord how blessed is the man who fears the lord how who greatly delights in his commandments his descendants will be mighty on earth the generation of the upright will be blessed Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. So a man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in God's commandments, is mighty. His descendants will be mighty, and, and his righteousness will be forever. I mean, that's, look, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But, but you fear the Lord. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's one fear that the Bible does not shy away from that saying it's okay. And that's if you, you got to fear the Lord, there's a yeah. wrath of the Lord that you must be afraid of. Yeah. If you're not, you're an idiot. 
Well, it's, it's a, it, I mean, think about it. You, every time you've ever walked off the path in your life, has he not brought you back? And sometimes it's with a nice swift crack across the neck of something you weren't expecting no, or something you. that you thought you were too good to get. Right. Not, not even just that dude. But even if, even when you pray for like, I want never pray for patience. Yeah. Cause you're going to get, man, I mean, yeah. you are going to get so many things that challenges your patience, dude. Yeah. I mean, like I, uh, I used to, well, and I still, I still do. And I still do because I, I struggle with patience to be, and, and not as much as I need. And it, it, Hey, look, it's changed and it, I'm better, but compassion and like tolerance and stuff for, for not for things ungodly, but just for mundane things or whatever. And he, what he will do is just make things drive me nuts for like freaking a few months, man. <laughs> and it'll be like, and and I'll finally, it'll finally take, I'll be like, man, why'd I pray for that? <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, but it's all for the good, you know? Um, And we can't forget, oh, we can't forget the the one that that we've already talked about is when we talked about how a brother against brother man we need to be call, you know there's a right way to call out our brothers about look yeah you, you fallen call them out in love yeah you know. I mean like you're not gonna go dude you suck man well sometimes yeah. I mean because you probably would because there's honestly there's a lot of times when that would might work with me well yeah <laughs> well but on top of that though I think part of that too is you got to recognize your brother right. You know, you got to you and I have known each other well enough that if one of us got way off track, I don't think either one of us are going to have a problem saying, hey, dude, well, pull your weight. But that's right? that's also you know? that also comes in mind. The, the 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 church. Yeah, that's what the church is for is for like minded men to get together mm-hmm. like we live life together enough to where it's not a weird thing when somebody goes, dude, that stuff you're doing. Mm, you sure that's really the right path, you know, yeah. and that's. Proverbs, man. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, sir. So one man sharpens another. And and that's and look, and I this has been said many times at I don't know how many different men's conferences, but it bears to say it now just because it is it's a really good visual. When iron sharpens iron, if you want to think about it, is that pleasant? Is that like at any way like a soft thing no no there's sparks there it's loud it's very much very much if that's that's a that's a hard violent thing now i'm not saying that we should like beat each other to death over some stuff but i mean it's the the thing is there is that we need to be chiseled sometimes yeah we got to be knocked down sometimes that edge we got yeah, we got to sharpen that up because maybe we're, we just, it's got way too many dings in it. That thing needs to be sharpened. Yeah. And sometimes that takes more than just a, hey, brother, you know, sometimes you got to get knocked down a few, a few pages, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um, it's a, it's very, I think that's part of it too is I think a lot of times we're afraid to call out our brother, right? We're afraid. Well, you know, he's my friend. If I do this, will he? And let me be, let me be clear about something. I want to be clear about this. I take the word friendship very seriously. Well, I think we all should. Well, but I know a lot of people that don't. Yeah, they use it a lot. Yeah. I get For me, you have to, I'll say it, and this may sound terrible, but you have to be of a certain caliber for me to call you friend, right? 
because that means that I have to respect who you are, what you stand for, you know, where you're going. Um, now, does that say, does that mean that acquaintances over time can't become friends as they change and are, are no, but if we're friends, I should expect you to rebuke me when I'm doing something ridiculous, right? Or when sure. I'm making bad decisions, you should be literally willing to look at me and go, no, that's not okay, man. Because if you're my friend, then you love me enough to make sure that I'm not being self-destructive. And I'll be honest with you. There have been people in my life that I've had to let go because of destructive behaviors, yeah. because yeah. of damaging behaviors. And is that pleasant? No, but I went to them because I thought they were friends and I told them, Hey, what you're doing is not right. What you're doing is dangerous for you. It's for dangerous for your family. And they rebuke me for coming to them one-on-one -on -one, and they don't change and they continue to go in that direction. So there's a point where you have to kind of just let go and be like, all right, I've done what I'm supposed to do. They're obviously on a path. And that's not to say that they can't come back around to you. But there's been relationships that I've had to stop and say, wait a minute, we, we can't do this anymore. I agree. You know, I've done the same thing. So, I mean, but yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Well, here's another one, dude, that actually goes along with that. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on the alert. So we're always supposed to watch out, stand firm in, your, in the faith. Act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, let all you do be done in love, right? So, yes. look, we, we should be aware. And I think that it's important for any Christian man to kind of be un understood that your your identity as a image-bearer man, a head of a leader, a spiritual guide to your family and your community is should be under attack yeah we should always be alert and be aware that man the 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 <laughs> forces aren't just staying still and watching you grow and be positive they're gonna act on that and they're gonna try and that's mm -hmm. that's what you have to be alert for well i mean so, i think that's what i think when we let down our guard that's when we're at we're most vulnerable when we don't see the things that we want to see um because we because we stopped paying attention, right? Um, All right, one more. Let me, yeah. Let's see. Give me some more. Titus 2, 6. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Hmm. I mean... And I look at that as like some of the debates um, that I've I've watched in something. And I mean, I think that anybody who's doing that well is doing that particular is exemplifying that particular one. But also the leader, a, a, a leader of the male church, like a, the men's group of the church or whatever, should really, really kind of keep that on the top of their head, right? Because it's not you. You got to encourage the young men. The, the, it's so critical for, and and we know this because we were both teenagers. But man, the, the, those are freaking heinous years, anyway. Yeah, and the worst. You you have to have some examples of 
men there for these for those critical years to see and you're you're going to screw that up and you're going to be all kinds of different ways but at the end of the day like if you have examples of true men and and those are there it it's it makes such a big difference and it doesn't seem like that at the time but later on it does you know and that's critical it's in our churches too it's not just your dad it's not just your grandpa it's not just see that the men in your church play a key role in the young people there yeah for sure. I can tell you my son, my oldest son is getting baptized tomorrow and I'm hyper proud. Um, but he has such incredible role models within the church. These men in the church are so they're giving and they're generous and they're 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 godly men. And I'm just grateful for it. But here's something. I'll read you something, man. That's cool. Um, I just found this and this is from. uh DaveEmbrace.com, which is a uh, just kind of a news and report kind of website, but they interviewed 10,000 women. And here are the top traits that women prize in men. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, spoiler alert, they're all traits of masculinity. Confidence. Independence responsibility, honesty, purpose, kindness, generosity, courage, mm. and spirituality. Now, let's let's take a look hard look at what that reads, right? <laughs> this this is a this is where I think the disconnect is in society. Because the small percentage yells so loud, everybody pays attention. But the majority of people want, majority of, of, of women looking at men want almost every single trait that's portrayed in the Bible. So confidence, honesty, purpose, kindness, generosity, courage, spirituality. I can't really... It, it's one and the same, right? Uh, but but I think this goes back to, you know, no matter what people say, there is a, sorry, there is a God-shaped hole in people. Well, yeah, and, I mean, sure. And a lot of what we have and a lot of what people want pours from there. And they want a mate that helps them fill that spot, right? And I think that's attached to that the fact that we are spiritual and we are godly people born and bred in the image of him right so it, it just it just it's very telling to me that those two jive because i believe that there is an expectation of men and i believe that that expectation whether they realize it or not comes from that place in themselves that's searching for that kinship with another person well right where i don't remember where it is there's there's a, a specific place where i think it was paul who says god has made himself known in everyone like there's a place in everyone that god's there yeah. i mean i shouldn't say that but I, I, like it's like at the core somewhere in there God's existence is apparent. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows it. 
and and deep 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 down maybe even to the likes of the most hardened atheist or whatever that there's there's something in the there that's signifies that yeah. so yeah i would say that there's there's something innate with and this goes back to absolutes dude there's there's absolutes man i mean the 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 whole relativism thing and the whole like you know be do you know your be your best self and you know whatever makes you happy is cool no there there's there's absolutes that doesn't work any other way well when left to our own devices if we're left to just do what makes us happy we'll destroy ourselves so i think for for me i i try to i'm 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 so focused on being the example of a man that my daughters should be looking for eventually right and and i i'm kind of afraid for you know and in you know whatever it is 15 years or something 20 years whatever 40 45 50 what i just don't i just don't know what the state of man was going to be but i i'm i'm hoping that that cyclic generational cycle kind of thing you know not that i want a crisis to happen or anything but yeah. i mean you know there's there's there there is a there is a need and there is a definite place for men and and I think that our culture in general right now is just, it's just in a comfortable spot where there's like, you know, uh, we're uh, the land of plenty. And that's, you know. Yeah. But I think we're fostering a crisis right now. Well, Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I think that if we stay in the soft spot too long, we're going to foster a crisis. Well, I don't remember. I guess I can't find. I looked for it this week and I couldn't find it. But I was, I was trying to find the research that said, um, he, they they did extensive stuff behind the how the man was characterized and 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 gender roles and stuff like that and it's like like Rome was a good example like when men started to fall down and not be men anymore Rome civilization fell it was like even all, all it, like he went through all kinds of them that were like it was over and over and over again um, and it was a it's a definite sign of the of civilization when men are being attacked or or you know being trying to be lessened or whatever but at the end of the day i guess the 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 message i would have to anybody watching this is that you know men are needed and there's you know and i've i've if, even if you look at just the f occupational functions right now of things bricklayers plumbers electricians framers concrete workers yeah. uh you know mechanics all these there's there's so many occupations where 90 something percent are male that if you just said all of a sudden well we don't need men anymore well no you, you're the whole society would collapse because there's so many things that men do every single day to keep everything running it would just collapse you know i mean that that's really the key here and i think women in general should be i i, I man it's i adore women and especially like women like my wife who just she sacrifices and is such a selfless individual that is just so so exemplification of such a i should say such an exemplification of servitude it's unreal 
And I, I, I there's, I can't, there's no way. I mean, like, I'm like, I can't, <laughs> she yeah. whoops me when it comes to that stuff. Right. I mean, and, uh, and she would say the same thing about me, which I find absurd. Like, cause I'm just like, there's no way, you know, I would just encourage everybody to this. <laughs> Look, whatever society says, you got to look farther than the keyboard warriors that are pounding on the, that don't really do much other than pound on a keyboard in social media. And uh, there's a reason why I don't even partake in social media stuff. I just don't, I don't get on social media. I don't do that crap. I look at Instagram because they have like a lot of pipes <laughs> stuff, you know, that I look at, cause there's a lot of these like Paul's pipes right here. This guy made this. He's, I found him on Instagram and they are the, they are such beautiful pieces of craftsmanship that are extremely well made. And he's a, just one man shop. I like to support those guys more than some of the factories. Not that I think the factories are bad or anything. Cause I have plenty of the, well, you know, this, I have like a hundred, I don't know how many pipes in the <laughs> more the pipes than any one man will ever need. <laughs> but that, but there is though, I mean, like I look at that, but, and, uh, I, I just won't, I, I tried to, and and uh, I, I was really frustrated and I was irritated. And I started looking at humanity in a different way because people on the social media platforms are, it's like almost like an, an anonymous type of thing where you can just type whatever you want and there's no retribution for your idiocy, you know? So yeah. I just don't do that. I, I, I choose to have more real encounters with yeah. people. You Conversations, know? man. Yeah. And, and lead people here. I yeah. mean, not to say that we're not going to be on social media because we, we are. I am currently working on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. But, um, you know, I, I don't mind. I don't. I like having debate. That's the reason why I'm an apologetic specialist <laughs> at Liberty University because I'm a love to argue, man, and yeah. I, and I, and and that's great. But um, but I, I just like to do that more in a, in, a, in a place where there's substance and there's like more intellectual pursuits behind it rather than just some emotional outburst because i said something that was contrary to the you know opinion of the culture well i also think that people need to take into consideration that culture in, in the in the terms of you know secular culture is fading because what we're screaming and hollering about right now in two years we'll be screaming and hollering about something different um I believe that it, the only thing I would encourage from men is to, you know, educate yourself and look at the overarching ebb and flow of our culture over the last 50 years and realize that. I mean, let's take it back to we'll go to to, to as far back as the 60s and the hippie revolution and the counterculture revolution. And then we're going into the 70s with disco and free love. And, and then you go into the 80s where we really had our first encounter with, you know, you know, the battles of sexuality. And then going into the 90s where we became more, I feel like the 90s was more of a just kind of a love and, and, you know, rock and roll for lack of a better term. And then into the 2000s. There has been a single steadfast through all of those cultural waves. And that is God. While all of those things have come here and then gone here and vanished from our vision and from our purview, God has remained. The one consistent going through the middle, right? And I encourage people, you know, 
I'm well aware that I'm not going to convince anybody to believe what I believe. It's not my job to make them believe. It's my job to plant a seed and it's God's job to grow that seed. But if you want to look at this from an educational perspective, look at the last 50 to 60 years of culture. And it has been a literal roller coaster, top to bottom, from every extreme going to one or the other. But the one consistent going through the middle has been God, the church. Now, granted, has that taken on different forms? Yes. Absolutely. But it's still the consistent. Well, let's let's just go a little bit farther. Just say that from a Christian man perspective, don't be afraid to be countercultural. Yeah. Especially with your children. Yeah. And raising them with that mindset. That's okay. And yeah. a matter of fact, it's absolutely necessary. And you're you're not alone. That's the thing. Like I think a lot of there's a there's there's a push to like isolate, you know, certain people. And, you know, we we saw during the COVID stuff with all the the lockdowns, lockdowns and, the and everything else. And I mean, look, you're not alone. You're never alone. And especially for you men out there, you're, you're not. I mean, you, you, <laughs> there's always others who are looking to encourage and look into things. And I mean, I can't say enough about how getting into a church that is gospel centered is just so important for any man. And, and it's not just, it's not really just about your, growth or your, you know, your stuff either, you can be influenced, you can influence others and you can support others too. Like, and, and, and people, guys our age, especially like we're, we're in that prime period where we're not, we're not the, 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 you know, the flock anymore. We're the shepherds. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're at. I mean, and, and, you know, we're not, look, we're not experts about <laughs> anything but we certainly know what it is to be a man yeah you know we certainly know what it is to to you know follow the way that jesus taught we we certainly know that and and i mean so psychologically though and psychiatrically and all that stuff no of course we can't do that there's many other resources out there (laughs) to like to that you can go to I, i you know and and in a world where we live in now where information is like just so abundant there is no reason why somebody can't get the information they see they seek right and i mean that's the key look just don't be afraid you're not alone there are other men out there who are we're not kowtowing we're not sheep we're not going to allow something to affect our families yeah we're very much we're going to defend our position yeah i mean that's just that's well, it well and i encourage also as tempting as it is don't run away from the world run into it man you're not going to affect any change by isolating you know and i'm not saying go out there and again i talked about this you know i don't want I, put away your bullhorn put away your you know wood covered Bible that you're whacking people over the head with and get into the world and get to know people and, and let them get to know you, let them know that you're a source of wisdom and you're an alternative to what they may be thinking manlyhood is right now. Go out and just be in the world. Christ did not hang out with rich folks. He hung out with 
prostitutes and lepers and all of the different things that were existent counterculture. And he showed them love. He showed them forgiveness. He showed them, you know, patience and kindness where we should be. Right. So absolutely, Reggie. I thank you pretty much. Dude, you brought the you brought the 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 ultimate factoids out, man. You threw the Bible out there. You brought the sauce. I'm digging it. You brought the sauce. You brought the sauce. I brought the steak, but you brought the sizzle. I mean, look, because <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. We I, look. Men need to be held up. Yep. And men need to be respected and acknowledged that hey, we're men. And some of us we ain't going to let just all this nonsense go. You know, yeah. there, there's no, I, I watched today uh, uh, a gentleman in the UK who broke in and, and interrupted the drag queen reading hour to the kids. And these were little kids. And he, look, he took it upon himself to go in there and break it up. Now, not, I mean, it wasn't violent, nothing yeah. like that, but he showed up and yeah. I applaud that guy. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's stuff in our community that we need to be aware of now. We live in a, <laughs> fortunately, live in a part of the country that is not as dialed into all that stuff. Yes, I agree. And uh, I, there, there's a reason why we're not probably, it'll probably never happen here because we don't have a, this part of the country anyway, doesn't swing that we just won't because it's a very much, there's a lot of Christian people here. There's a lot of men here, a lot yeah. of, I mean, farmers and ranchers and, uh, good old boys abound. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Well, I'm grateful for the, the capability that we have still at our age, our advanced age. I'm just kidding. Our age to, to still have examples in front of us. Yeah. Right. Like for me, you know, I don't ever want to walk away from having an example of what you know, being a good man is right. Like I don't want those examples to ever go away. And I just hope, and I pray a lot that I'm allowed to become that example. And I struggle. I'm just like anybody else, man. I have my struggles every day, every day. I struggle with certain things. Um, but I'm always looking for a way to become educated and wise and be and calm. To pass that on, and be to be calm. calm, and to be calm, you know. But you know, and again, I know we're drawing. We're probably coming close to the end, but I want to reiterate something that I I want to reiterate always. I encourage anyone that wants to talk with me to talk with me. Um, I am not ever going to turn off the students' mentality. Right? It's never going to happen for me. So, if you want to have a conversation with me, and and you want to tell me about your views and you want to tell me about why you believe what you believe and you want to talk to me about why I believe what I believe, I welcome that conversation. I don't ever want discourse to go away, right? So, you know, again, if you want to have a yelling match or screaming match, you're not going to take my calm. Uh, I won't allow that. <laughs> my peace is not going to go away. Um, but I encourage you, reach out. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Let's let's be who we're supposed to be, right? Not not who we're influenced to be by culture, but who we're supposed to be. Just two people who 
are trying to get to know each other and trying to find out what the ins and outs of each other is and how we can help each other. So we want to thank our special guest, Buster. Yeah. Thank our special guest, Buster. He just needs some love. You know, he's just in here digging it. Um, I want to first, and you know, I want to go ahead and do something. I want to thank Reggie. He makes me delicious coffee. <laughs> he, uh, he allows me to say the word toxic 614 times in a row. Um, but most of all, Reggie's been patient enough to help me get this together, man. I felt this as part of something that we we needed to do for a very long time. I've watched culture overtake a lot of aspects of the world, and and I wanted to stand up. And my brother Reggie over here wants to stand up with me, and I couldn't do this without him. So thank you. Well, Reggie. just understand this is a tip of the iceberg for stuff like that. I mean, there's so much to say, but just, just in general, I, we wanted to make sure hey, we got a, a, a vision, just something about manhood out there. Just, yeah. just for what we could say. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to the whole subject of and, or, or keep talking about manliness for that, for that matter through everything we're, we're going to talk about. But um, yeah. So yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Guys. Once again, have an awesome week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.